The biggest issue with decision making is this kind of crisis of prioritization. Like, what am I actually making a decision about? So you've got short term, medium and long term decisions and doing them all simultaneously uh, is never good. Hello, this is Julia Masters and you are listening to The Next Right Thing, a mini-series from the Inside Influence team designed to provide some actionable certainty in uncertain times. Um, I'm loving recording these. I'm just loving it. I'm loving the opportunity to, to check in with some past guests. I'm loving the opportunity to have really practical, tools-focused conversations. I'm hoping that you're loving it too. And as I've said before, we will keep these going if they are useful and if they're not, we will not. The idea of this series is to provide some actionable certainty, as I said, in uncertain times, specifically in the situation that we're in, the COVID-19 pandemic, wherever you happen to be in that journey, wherever you are in the world right now. What we intended to do, what we wanted to do was go out to some of the most popular guests from past episodes of Inside Influence and ask them one question. What are you focusing on right now? Tools, ideas, strategies, mindsets? or advising your clients to focus on, that you know for sure work in uncertain times. The intention being that somewhere in here, from this incredible mind and the other incredible minds, you are able to find the inspiration that you need for your next right thing. In this episode, I speak with Tiffany Bova, global customer growth and innovation evangelist at Salesforce and Wall Street Journal best-selling author of Growth IQ. Get smarter about the choices that will make or break your business. And it feels like a bit of a make or break time right now, doesn't it? It's, this is not business as usual. This, for many of us, is, is make or break. Now, what impresses me most about Tiffany and has always impressed me most about her isn't her credentials, which are extensive, or her laser-focused approach to solving the growth challenges of some of the world's top-tier firms, What's always impressed me the most during the times we've spent together is her ability to just be able to peer into the clutter, peer, like have a radar, some kind of laser radar into the never ending predictions, statistics and trends that overwhelm the best of us, especially right now, and translate them with a level of certainty and clarity and perspective that only comes from having done the work. She's just a master at being a translator for her customer base and from the people that follow her. Now, in today's conversation, we talk about stabilized decision-making and why it's vital during a crisis, the growth zone, what it is, what it looks like, and how we will know when we're there, which consumer habits are temporary and which are now here for good. And, and I think that this is a question that I'm hearing many CEOs ask at the moment. You know, we're seeing some some pivotal changes in behavior from consumers here, which will, you know, go back to business as usual when we get there and which are just here to stay, which have rewired us for good. And the one that hit me the hardest, and it was this, the, the idea of jobs to be done. I won't go into it. You'll hear more about it. But I want you to sit with that because I believe and I agree with Tiffany that this jobs to be done now needs to become the guiding light for whatever we do next. What I want you to reflect on here isn't actually even related to growth, but more related to influence. 
Tiffany has one of the most finely attuned question radars that I have ever come across. Her success as an analyst, an author, an influencer, a leader, in my opinion, is down to many things, but this one thing in particular. She listens hard to the questions of her target market, to the people she is there to serve, and she makes it her absolute mission to answer them. However she does that, through her books, through her content, through her podcast, through her presentations, through her communication, through how she structures her communication. And that is it. She listens hard to the questions and she answers them. Now that alone is an insanely powerful next right thing. If you want to dig even further into Tiffany's smart mind, crazy smart mind, and growth IQ as a set of tools and strategies, you can also hunt down our previous conversation, which is episode number 42. You can also find her book on Amazon. Highly, highly, highly recommended. Now, I've said it before, and you'll no doubt hear me say it again. This series is very much uh, by the seat of your pants kind of a thing. Lockdown has meant that we've had to work with what we've had in terms of equipment, in terms of internet speeds, in terms of interruptions. So the sound quality isn't always perfect. And I know me for one, I can I can often stop things getting through the gate if I don't feel like they're perfect. That's That's one of the things that I have to work on. But this time we haven't. We haven't let it stop us. I'm learning to embrace the imperfections um, and learn that that is not in fact the point. The point is that we're showing up with the intent that somewhere in here, imperfections and all, you will find the fuel that you need for your next right thing. Welcome back to the podcast, Tiffany Bova. Oh, thank you for having me. I couldn't be more thrilled. It's so good to so good to have you back. So different to usual programming with this with the Inside Influence podcast. This one's about the next right thing. This one is about some actionable certainty. What can we do or what can we put into motion right now based on what you're noticing, based on what you're doubling down on or advising people to double down on in this moment? And what's been really interesting about it is at pulling in past guests and using their particular lens to answer that question. So enough from me. I'm going to kick into what are the next right things that you're noticing at the moment? Well, first thing I want to say is, uh, you know, this is a time that's so unprecedented, you know, in the financial crisis that we had here in the U.S. I'm located in the U.S., as I'm sure you can tell by my accent, um, is that it was sort of the housing market and financial services. This has kind of impacted everything. You know, it's, it's in all facets of our lives, public health, economic business, education, everything has been impacted. And so um, for me, when, when speaking with customers you know, over the last probably three or four weeks, uh, it, it's kind of a couple of phases of, you know, how do I, you know, first and foremost, stabilize my business? You know, how do I stabilize the situation um, that I'm faced with, you know, mitigating those short term risks, stabilizing the operations, you know, putting together a team that understands how do we get our employees to work remotely and how do we communicate and, you know, what is it going to happen going forward? And I think that stabilized motion happens, you know, after kind of the shock has happened, right? So hopefully just based on where we are globally, that we're out of the shock phase and we're now we're into, okay, 
We're now stabilizing. We understand that this is what we're dealing with. Now it's going to be a matter of how are we going to, you know, roll um, the things we're learning now into making much different decisions. So to answer your question, the first thing I'd say is this decision making is sometimes paralyzing companies that we have to make the exact right decision. And I don't know if that's possible when things are changing so rapidly. And if you have a global business, even if you're located in Australia or New Zealand, you know, at the end of the day, if you have a global business, then that impacts what you have to do to stabilize yourself because the rest of the world may be rolling back in uh, at different phases. They may be dealing with things and coming out of it where you're in the middle of it uh, or towards the end of it. So um, I think that that decision making is one of those things in stabilize that makes people a little nervous. So talk to me about the decision-making part. What are you seeing in terms of the companies and the individuals and the leaders that are just doing that decision-making really well? Is there a process that they're following? Is there a particular mindset that they've adopted? Well, I'll, I'll say this. You know, the, the biggest issue with decision-making is this kind of crisis of prioritization. Like, what am I actually making a decision about? Why? When, when do I have to make it? And so you've got short-term, medium, and long-term decisions. And doing them all simultaneously uh, is never good. Right? And that's with this kind of crisis of prioritization. And so my advice would be that you have uh, groups or a person, if you will, who's very focused on this kind of stabilized decision-making, right, in that kind of phase of your uh, getting back to, to uh, some form of normal what is that? What's what's stabilized decision making? Can you walk me through it in a little bit more depth? Yeah. So if you think about it, you, you have to first mitigate short term risks. And so what are your short term risks? Understanding what are the things you're faced with in your own business, in your own industry, in your own market, with your own culture and all the things that are unique to you. And then you have to figure out how do I in crisis that we're all facing, how do I respond to protect my business and run the business during the lockdown? And those decisions are very different than the next sort of stage of, you know, getting, uh, you know, kind of the structured approach to trying to get yourself uh, back to some form of normalcy is you, you, the, the next sort of stage is back to work. Well, the decisions you make and stabilize, so going back to what we started with on decisions, is very different than decisions you'd make about how do I get people back to work? <laughs> like, does everyone come back one day? Do we phase it? Do we do it by department, division? Do we do it by seniority? Do we do it by, do they all have to have health checks first? You know, like all those decisions are very different than how do I respond during this crisis? Um, and so that's what I mean by making decisions based on what phase you're in, um, in getting yourself the third uh, sort of uh, uh, track or stage, if you will, if the first one's stabilized, the second one is back to work. The third one is, okay, I need to grow. You know, I need to make revenue and I need to try to capture back market share I may have lost. You know, how do I get myself back to some form of quote unquote business? And, and those decisions are different and the priorities in each of those motions of stabilize back to work grow are different. And so if you have one person doing all of that decision making, the problem is you're weighing one against the other. And now you're prioritizing when your first priority right now should be stabilize in crisis, right? And then as 
Australia as an example, starts to loosen some of your, I know you guys are, you know, slowly starting to lose some of your physical distancing and, you know, how many people could be together and, and maybe even uh, some things with outdoor activities. Um, you're now, the next stage is going to be, okay, well then how do I get back to work? And uh, if the person is just totally focused on stabilize, how can you even think about back to work? And then how could you even think about growing the business? I want to I want to hone in on that that growth part firstly because that's your you know we've had so many conversations in this area and that's you wrote the book Growth IQ and I think there's this kind of unspoken thing at the moment because there's some businesses that are that are struggling some businesses that that have lost the battle already and who may still and there are others that are doing really well in this period of time or have the potential to do really well during this period of time. But there's this friction, there's this tension between, okay, I, I feel like I have the capacity to grow in this environment, but firstly, how do I go about it? And secondly, how can you be seen to be attempting growth at a time when there is so much struggle? Yeah, yeah and this is a really fine balance. Um, I can tell you that I went out to the market and asked on social media, um, tell me, tell me what you're struggling with when it comes to growth. And there were kind of a, a, a couple of big buckets. The first one was, are people still buying? <laughs> like, let me just start there. And of course, my short answer is yes, with a big caveat. Depends what industry, depends what market, depends what you're selling and how you sell it, how you deliver the services. There's a lot behind that caveat. But there are certain sectors and industries where people are still buying. And if you're in that, here is where you need to say, okay, I don't want to, to your point, right? I don't want to exploit the situation that we're facing. I don't want to seem like I'm insensitive or tone deaf to the realities that my customers may be facing. And so that's really the second big bucket was how do I engage those customers? What's the right tone and messaging? What's the best way to communicate? Can I create compelling experiences without physically seeing my customer? And uh, once again, the answer is, of course, yes. Uh, and so finding the right tone and messaging uh, is totally dependent on what it is you're selling. Uh, if it's a if it's a heavy need right now, then the tone and messaging is like they want to know, is it easy to get? Will I get it when you say you're going to get it to me if I have a problem? You know, it's the regular sort of cadence of business. If it's something that's not a necessity at the moment, but it's a nice to have and you are willing to put in the work and learn sort of what are the ways that the things I'm selling can be interesting um, and how can I get people interested uh, in what it is I'm selling, then how do I create an environment that allows it to be very seamless? So, you know, are you doing it via video? Is it only online? Do you have a mobile app? Do you have all those things? Um, and then the third big bucket was, you know, how can I actually grow? And what are the things I can be doing in the short, medium and long term? Um, and, and a lot of that sort of feedback I pulled from Growth IQ, which was, you know, stay close to your base, understand what your core businesses are and your offerings are, and then make sure you've got that covered before you start to try to go out and capitalize on the fact that you could actually attract new customers if other competitors maybe are not able to satisfy the demand. There is always opportunity. Uh, and there's also opportunity to find holes in the market where you can actually create entirely new business units 
um, if you're willing to make investment. I mean, some of the some of the greatest companies that we we see from a market capitalization standpoint were founded during the financial crisis ten years ago, and so you know there is always that kind of opportunity. Are there any examples that are really standing out to you right now? Yeah, we we have a couple. You know, I, I I'll say this that that um, we're so focused. You know, I, I work at Salesforce. Um, we obviously we have a very large presence in in uh, Australia, New Zealand, as well as as APAC, uh, and you know our our value as a as a company is you know just trust and and customer success and, as well as others. But when you think about that, it, it's really about how can we make sure that we are helping our customers in any way we can, and what are the things that they're doing using our technology to get really innovative to solve some of these big problems, whether it's making PPEs, you know, masks, whether it's getting out uh, telemedicine and, you know, looking for data and capturing all that data on on where we have hotspots across the U.S. And so you've got businesses like 3M and PayPal and Pepup Tech doing things around education. Uh, so we've got so many really great examples of you know, how businesses are socially stepping up to serve their people and their communities and putting that kind of purpose over profit with, you know, business being this greatest platform for change, which is very much what our CEO, Mark Benioff, says, uh, and his book, Trailblazer, is all about it. And 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 I would say that that's what's super inspiring. Uh, there was something that I shared today that a virtual reality company um, has now put 20,000 healthcare professionals via virtual reality through training on how to be safer during COVID-19. And so you, you see something like that and you go, that's what I mean by there's these new opportunities. Um, so if you happen to be a training company, what are you doing around virtual reality? How are you training? Have you launched a YouTube channel? Are you doing little you know, quick trainings and tutorials? And, and so we see things just that are absolutely inspiring. Um, and, and so the challenge is a lot of that doesn't make a lot of money. And so for small businesses, this is going to be a balance between um, what does your brand stand for today and, uh, you know, keeping the lights on. And I think you just picked up on a really interesting point there, which is a lot of the things, the contribution based pieces, which is something I talk about a lot, you know, you, your role in a, in a crisis as a leader is to translate um, the complexity into certainty. Your role is to, you know, out contribute for your client base a lot of the contributions right now in terms of videos and content etc cetera, etc cetera, they're difficult to monetize they're yes. difficult they're difficult to to bring in as an income stream and, and even if you can it takes time to build the infrastructure behind that to build the funnels etc cetera, etc cetera. um is that just par for the course is is it just really this is what it's going to take now and we need to ride it out well there's a couple of things i'd say here is that going back to my comment about tone and messaging you know, there's there's no way that you're going to be able to hide from the decisions that you make at this time on how you uh, treat your employees and your customers and the things that you do. When you do those things, you want to do them with a proper intention that you're doing it because it's the right thing to do. But know that it's also going to say a lot about your brand um, and and it's going to inspire your employees to be like, yes, this is where I want to work. I want to work here because when t- times got tough. We were all in this together. We were in it together, not only as a company, but as a community to serve our customers. And then your customers are going to be like, look, I would never leave you. Like when things got tough and I needed help, you were there. 
And even if someone is less expensive or spends more money to try to get me, I am loyal to you because I know what you stand for. In the toughest of times, you've shown who you are. Uh, and so I'm not saying completely go to a philanthropic model and it's not about profit. It's about purpose and profit. Uh, but right now, because uh, it, the, everything is just so sensitive and we've got such you know global devastation, I mean, and you know, I think people will forever remember uh, what what brands did at these times. I want to quickly dive into another conversation that you and I have had previously, but I think is so relevant right now, which is the the tuning out. So the tuning, if you're going to feel into growth, you're going to feel into what next, where next, how next, what to say next, you need to be able to tune out the noise and focus on the signal. Just any guidance on how to do that, on, on knowing what is noise and, and what is the signal in terms of knowing what to do next? Uh, you know, it's a great question because I think that what's tough now is that the signals are kind of going to give you false positive or negative because we're just not in any kind of normalcy at the moment. And so uh, I, I caution you to think about when you make those decisions. Um, it, it is super noisy. But the signals you could take from all of this is the fact that uh, and, I've, and I've said this for years now, that what's more disruptive than technology is actually the customer. And now we've taught the customer all kinds of new habits. Oh, I can bank from home. Oh, I can educate. I can take a exercise class from home. Oh, I can order and have things delivered. Oh, I don't need to go visit all my customers. We've now taught and learning that we can actually do things very differently. So the question now is going to be, how close to what we are experiencing today, how much of that are you going to take that back into when we go back to work? So will you still let some of your employees work from home? Will you no longer put people on an airplane to travel to visit customers? You're just going to do it via video. Will you have in-person events? Will you just do virtual events? Um, you know, like we did for World Tour at ICC at the beginning of March, 10 days before we were going to have literally 9,000, 10,000 people show up to ICC, we canceled and went online. Uh, and so now we've learned a lot from that. And now all of our in-person events, I think, for the remainder of 2020 will be reimagined and virtual. And so that's that signal of, OK, people have shown we are able with really good and rich content to attract people to come and spend a few hours with us online. And so those are the kinds of signals I would say to pay attention to, sort of the customer-consumer behavior in other industries that you can learn from and how do you capitalize on it and not get caught in the noise of it's not only going to be video, it's not only going to be people are going to work from home, it's not only going to be you're going to take exercise classes on home, you're never going to go to a yoga class again. Like that's, that's not reality. It's going to come back somewhere in between those things. What are you seeing? That's the question that just keeps rebounding in my head at the moment. What are you seeing six months from now? What are you seeing in terms of either growth opportunities or just how the landscape's going to settle? Yeah, I would go. I would go back to what I said. You know, I'm a I'm a big fan of jobs to be done. Um, if you've never heard that term or read that book or read the books on it, um, what it basically I'll give it to you in in kind of the elevator pitch of a sentence or two. Um, people do not buy a quarter inch drill bit. They buy the quarter inch, the ability to have a quarter inch hole. <laughs> so the drill bit 
was the way to get the job done, which was, I need a quarter inch hole. And so what are the jobs to be done that we will learn coming out of this? So I'm going to go back to the financial crisis, Instagram, um, you know, uh, Dropbox, Box, like there were jobs to be done we could not do as easily during the financial crisis that were born out of that. And so jobs to be done right now, as an example, would be, I'm just picking teleeducation. Um, boy, you know, how do you educate kids remotely? And how, how could we really actually, you know, help kids get a better education? You know, maybe they have learning disabilities or maybe they have issues at school or maybe they, it's a transportation, they can't get to work or I mean, get to, to get to classes, but they still wanna learn. And so, you know, scaling that at tens of thousands of students um, in a consistent way that you can actually say, yes, they can go on to the next grade, or yes, they could graduate, or yes, they could earn a degree. Tele-education, telemedicine, um, I think we've shined, shined a light and cracked open the fact that many industries we rely on as humans um, has not made the digital transformation we needed them to make if this situation was gonna happen, which of course nobody could have foreseen. So I would say that that this is the jobs to be done is what is the job to be done? And, and every business is satisfying a job to be done. And so when you think about your own business, you better be solving a job that needs to be done. Otherwise you're probably not selling very much. So the question then becomes, what will be the jobs to be done? Three months right. from now, six months from now, 12 right. months from now, two years from now. And Right. And that's where you look at your own. So if you pick, uh, you know, and I don't know the answer to this, right, but you pick, you know, Sydney or Australia and you say, okay, what, what was exposed during this time that we just weren't very good at? Was it getting, uh, you know, maybe the elderly food and groceries when they don't have the ability to take transportation right now? Like, well, that's a great job to be done. And so, Maybe I can create a company that uses Uber and then I could, you know, do it for, you know, this particular age range. And maybe I do it just to retirement homes. And that, right. And that's what I mean by you have to look through the lens of where were there gaps around something that, you know, either your current business that you can stay close to your core and add something or you're going to go, you know what? Like, I feel like the job that I was doing is no longer as interesting or important or as profitable as it used to be. I'm going to pivot because I see where I think it, it, there are needs in the market. And even if you look at Netflix as an example, I mean, that started because the founder of Netflix got a late fee that was ridiculous. So he's like, there has to be a better way. <laughs> and hence was born Netflix. So um, that, that, it takes something just that simple. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm thankful for you. So I appreciate you reaching out and I'll look forward to seeing you again in person soon, I hope. <laughs> we will get there, I promise.